and welcome back to another episode of Lost It Down, a member of Bruiser Nation Podcast Network and a division of Snapmere Productions. Merry Christmas, David. It's awesome. It's going to be a you and me episode. Steven is out today, but we're very happy to welcome you back. You had COVID last week. I hope you were feeling better for Christmas, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I was feeling better for Christmas, but uh, COVID's stupid, man. I had a head cold last week, and that was it. It was like a head cold. I sounded like shit, and but I had to isolate for five days, technically. No, yeah. Well, you and I got to see each other, actually, and have dinner at the tail end once you were no longer it contagious, and I was happy to see it. But, dude, I remember what those, like, it's, you're just kind of, like, down, fatigued and feel weird, so... I'm happy you're feeling better. I'm happy that you're good enough to get going today. And your Browns are playing in about an hour here. So if you get some nerves from, from David, you, you understand why. How was your Christmas, buddy? Forget forget COVID. How was Christmas? Oh, buddy. I don't even think I I don't even think that I have to tell you. I think everybody, including you at home, know that this was yeah, it was one of those moments where the Raiders play the Chiefs. Christmas itself was already amazing. It was really cool. I got to have an immediate family Christmas. You know, at this stage of life, you never know how often that's going to happen. So you you don't take it for granted. Unbelievable. I got to see all my family. I love them very much. Great, great stuff. Got a new mic to help out the podcast. Got a light. So when we get back to doing YouTube videos this next week, you'll be able to see my beautiful face a little clearer. But more importantly than that, David, the Las Vegas Raiders walked into Arrowhead and got a freaking win. A win that not only gives me extra life, gives me extra hope in this team, but more importantly, it makes Kansas City kind of feel like they're imploding a little bit. The AFC West in general, David, is kind of a chaotic mess right now and who looks good for a change the las vegas raiders it feels like a fever dream that i i can't be a part of dude i still can't believe the raiders are trying to win games but you know neither here nor there don't they still have a shot at the playoffs technically they have to have like everything run out perfectly for them but isn't there still a chance believe it or not it's not even like it's not even like a very low chance anymore if they win their final two games they're going to be around a 50-50 shot to make it. Which is crazy to think about. It is very crazy. And their next two games are at Indianapolis, where it's a road game that sucks. Mm-hmm. But they've played pretty That's well. That's a winnable game, though. It's on the road. Yes, it is. And then they go and play the Denver Broncos and their former backup quarterback last year and Jarrett Stidham. And if you get that done, too, you need a little bit of help. But, hell, I mean, who's to say... Here's the crazy thing, David, is the division is still in a possibility, which is absurd to think about. But the Bengals, if the Bengals go to Arrowhead and get it done and the Raiders beat the Colts, we walk into week 18 where the Las Vegas Raiders and Aiden O'Connell can win the division while Patrick Mahomes is healthy, while Andy Reid is still coaching. And that just is it's good enough for me. I feel happy, David. I would too, but uh, speaking of the Chiefs, though, and Patrick Mahomes, man, what a uh, what a predicament they're in, man. They're missing some playmakers badly. Here, I'm glad you, you're kind of naturally segueing because look at the big brain on David over here. Since we're doing one episode this week and one episode next week, we're going to do things a little different. Instead of giving you a recap where you're going to be listening to it on Friday, 
we're going to go with a take five. We're going to talk five things, ask five questions, and get our feedback from the last week. And David, you just brought it up, but the Raiders, my Raiders, walk an arrowhead and get a win. And it leads that question. It leads you to think the Chiefs season is in disarray. Do you think that this year, this campaign can be salvaged? Oh, I think so. I mean, it's, uh, dude, I say this every time we talk about the Chiefs, but like, I'll never bet against Pat Mahomes. Do I think that they have some things that are to be desired that they need to work on in the offseason? Absolutely. Like, this team is not the same team as the Super Bowl winning teams. Do I also think that they can hit a hot streak and make a run in the playoffs? Absolutely. Like, I'll, I'll never count that out. Um, I'll, I'll never count out Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Kelsey playing together. It just won't happen for me. But they're definitely, I, I, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think their season is lost. I think it's salvageable, but I don't, they're not my Super Bowl favorite. They're probably not even in my top three to win the Super Bowl. So I, I, hard, to, hard to make a decision on them. That's the rational take, David. But that's not what I'm here for today. They're dead. I've been on it. I'm staying on it. See you later, Patty Mahomes. You guys got no shot this year. The line sucks. The receiver sucks. The play calling's been terrible. This team will be lucky to survive the first round. There's a chance. There's still a chance, David. If the Raiders find a way to win the division, that means that the Chiefs lose two straight here, including one to Easton Stick, which I really doubt will happen. But the Chiefs are nowhere near guaranteed at this point the way they're playing. And that warms my heart. Give it to me. They're dead. Number two here, David. Who do you think Monday tells us more about? The Baltimore Ravens or the San Francisco 49ers? Probably the Ravens, to be honest. But I don't don't sleep on this game being a, a tell you about the, the Niners. Because... The Niners, every single loss they have this season is because Brock Purdy can't get it under control after he's made his first mistake. We can talk about how it's against AFC North opponents, just saying. But every time they've played a significant defense that can force Brock Purdy into one turnover, they've forced him into two, three, four, and the Niners just cannot overcome. Those are the same Maybe not the same teams because they've lost, uh, I think, almost all AFC opponents. But those are going to be similar. You know, in, in the playoffs, you're going to get defenses ramped up. You're going to get different strategies. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson every time he's made the playoffs. He can run rampant in the season, and then you get to the playoffs, and defenses shut him down religiously. I think it tells you a lot about the 49ers and how they are really ride or die with Brock Purdy. I'm not saying that they're not my Super Bowl favorite still, but I think it does tell you, like, if you can force Brock Purdy to make mistakes, you can win the game pretty easily against the Niners. Right. And, and you know, the Ravens, they're a legitimate contender. It tells me that they have a, a good defense, a consistent offense. They are the team who I've, I've kind of assumed all season long, but I'm still, I'm still in the stance with them of prove it come playoff time. Because, again, I just said it, Lamar Jackson, man, he can run rampant in the season, but every time we've seen him in the playoffs, he is atrocious. So just let me, let me see it in the playoffs. This felt playoffy is the only reason I'm actually going with the Ravens because I do have concerns about Lamar in the postseason. 
I think all of us have on this podcast. It's been a recurring theme. This year, Steven and I have talked about how we're finally buying in. And I'm going to stick with that because not only is Lamar playing a really, really solid campaign under Todd Munkin, but the defense is one of the best in football right now. Given the injuries in Cleveland, you can make a case it's the best defense in the NFL right now. And to your point, the 49ers, they've really struggled against the elite defenses. That's why I'm not panicking here because they really didn't lose anything in this game besides Brock Purdy's candidacy, really, for the MVP. They still have the inside track for the one seed. In the NFC, those top teams that we're talking about, they really don't have that elite defense. So the 49ers don't have that matchup nightmare until you get to the Super Bowl. And who's to say with the AFC and how wide open it is, who comes out? So I think this definitely tells me more that the 49ers are a legitimate Super Bowl threat and that maybe we've been sleeping on them a little bit. They definitely have a shot to... uh, clinch that one seed this next weekend and then who knows we'll figure out maybe rust versus rust coming up all right let's get to the third topic who will be the wild card teams on the afc and nfc wally give it to me i'll be nice i'm gonna add steven's notes he has here for this one he has the afc going the browns the bills and then the colts followed up by the nfc where the cowboys are the five the rams are the six and the seahawks are the seven here's mine The Browns are going to win out. I think that they are going to beat the Jets this week, and I think even if they sit some people, the Bengals have such a Browns problem right now. They're going to be 12-5. and They will be the five seed, and if a couple weird things happen, who knows, maybe you get a Browns divisional home game. The Dolphins are going to be the six because they are going to lose these next two weeks, and they are going to be the AFC East runner-up to the Buffalo Bills. They are going to win the division, so I have them at six, The Miami Dolphins at six, excuse me, at 11 and six. And then seven, this killed me, David, because I think it comes down to the last game for them in the season. The Texans get it done. They win a game in week 18, and that eliminates the Raiders from the playoffs because the Raiders would have had the tiebreaker had Texans been nine and eight as well. Then you go to NFC, I have the Cowboys at 12 and five, the Seahawks at 10 and seven, and then the Packers sneaking in at 9-8 and eight shows how top-heavy top heavy the NFC is. David, how about you? What were your 5-7 through seven in both conferences? Oh, brother, you are making things interesting here because I didn't even consider the Miami Dolphins and Bills swapping places. I, I still... Uh, the Browns are at number 5. I, I, I'm pretty confident in that. Oh, you have me convinced... Though, almost convinced Join that the Bills can Join win out. Me. I don't know, man. The Dolphins have the Ravens. They have a nobody. Here's the thing, David. They play the Bills. They have an AFC East division to championship. end the season, and both unless... of them are going to – it's going to be for the division because I don't – the Dolphins – I don't know if they beat the Ravens. Unless they beat the Ravens. And that's the thing. If they do, then you don't have to worry about it. But I don't think that happens. You know what? I need the Dolphins to beat the Ravens. And then I need the Bills to beat the Dolphins. So I'm rolling with, and I think that still sets up Miami to win the division. So I'm I'm rolling with Browns, Bills, and it pains me. But I think the Colts, like I, I'm, I'm rolling exactly how Steven has it. Because there's a lot that can happen where the Colts get booted. But I think they have the tiebreakers over like the next four teams that could 
boot them. It just feels safe to stay with the Colts. As far as the NFC goes, though, this is also painful because no matter what I say, the opposite is going to happen in the NFC East. So if I tell you it's going to be the Cowboys, it's actually going to be the Eagles in the wild card. But, you know, neither here nor there. I think Cowboys in the five is a pretty safe lock. Man, I don't want to bet on the Seahawks, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards Seahawks in the six like you have them, Wally. You might convince me on the Packers. The seven's so wide open. I know, but you might convince me. I, mean, I really, really I like the Packers. Schedule. I like the Packers pick a lot. I do. But the Vi- who do the Vikings have left? Well, they have the Packers this weekend, and assuming oh the Lions, the Lions is a win, has control of their yeah, own the destiny. Yeah, the Lions is an auto win because they're going to be resting starters. Exactly. Oh, I'm going. Mm, I'll go Vikings in the seven spot. I don't. I don't know why. It just feels like they have an auto win on their schedule. So if they can beat them, it's a do or die game this week. Right? Do you believe in Jaron Hall? Is the question. No, but. It still pains me, but I still, like, again, opposite's going to happen. It'll probably be the Packers, but I'll take the Vikings here. Number four. Now with everything, dude, talk about a crapshoot the last few weeks, but who at this moment is the NFL MVP? I'll tell you my answer fast, too. It should be Tyreek Hill or CMC, but you already know the voters suck, and it will be a quarterback. I think if it's Lamar Jackson, it's a bad MVP give and I I don't say that with bias against Lamar Jackson but the year he won MVP he was responsible for like 77 percent of his touchdowns on the Ravens or something like that like he was the most valuable player and now it's down to like 60 percent I still get that that's a lot but as a quarterback that's probably right around where it should be as an elite quarterback let's just call it what it is he's the quarterback of the one seed in the AFC they just beat the 49ers It's basically, hey, best team's quarterback award. Right, and if they give it to him, I'll be disappointed. I would agree on Tyreek, except for I think that he's, I don't want to say fallen off the last couple weeks, but he's not maintained the pace at which he started the season. That injury killed him. Yeah, and I think that that right there is why he doesn't get it. Like, if he held that pace all year long, he gets to 2,000 yards receiving, he's by far and away the MVP. And like this particular season was the season to do it. I'm actually on the CMC train because he's just been consistently great all year long. And the Niners would be a different team without him. And I think that he is more valuable to that team than Brock Purdy. Shocking, I know. But what he's doing, I mean, he, he's got, he's not like Mostert where he's got 21 total touchdowns, but he... It feels like he's got a touchdown every single week of the season. I can't confirm that off the top of my hand, uh, head, but like it just feels like every week he I think he week missed he scores, once. Yeah, like every week he scores, basically. And I just, the Niners would be in a very different place without him. Let's go with our last question of our take five to start the show here. And we have to do this with congratulations because Detroit in the Motor City Kitties are division champions for the first time since 1993. Really the first time in our life, David. Can they keep this party going, or will the division title be the end of the celebration and we see an early playoff exit from the Motor City Kitties? Ooh, phenomenal question. So I think it depends on how they come out this week. If they come out firing on all cylinders and and still competing against the Cowboys, 
even if they lose and it's a close one, but they play hard and it's a good game, I think you keep the party going and we see a legitimate playoff team in the playoffs. But if they come out lackadaisical, they lose this game by a lot, they're probably resting starters, what is it, week 18 now? And you come into the playoffs with two consecutive losses and like a little rust. I'd worry in that case, but if they come out hard this week, I we're continuing the party. I'm worried about the Rams. They just scare me a little bit, especially when you have Aaron Donald playing like a defensive player of the year again. We kind of thought he was falling off, and it feels like the Rams, at least in my opinion, would make the most sense as a six right now. And if that happens, that scares me, but at least you can say, thank God they're not hosting Dallas like the NFC South champion will do. And that's why you play these games in a regular season. So hopefully they get at least one. And then next year, maybe we can keep building on it and maybe get the Lions to a real juggernaut Super Bowl contender that maybe we thought they were earlier in this year. Which will lead us now into our Week 17 preview and picks. Last week, Steven had the best of us. He went two and four, but he ended over a unit up because he went with the Raiders money line. Got to give the guy credit. I love plus 10, but I didn't pull the trigger like he did. That might be what makes the difference between winning this whole thing and losing it this year. Whenever you get a four unit swing on one game, that that's huge. So credit to Steven. Good for you, buddy. But that leads us into Thursday night football. And the Cleveland Browns, David, I'm over here laughing, actually, while you're answering that Motor City Kitty question, because Aaron Rodgers is doing like a five to 10 minute pregame interview from the field with these, what, uh, Thursday Night Football crew sitting on the bench by himself. It's as peculiar as I've ever seen. I just figured I'd rev you up before asking you, what do we have in this game? Are your Browns able to clinch on their own terms tonight? Sure. I think the Browns as a seven and a half point favorite is ludicrous. I'm a little worried because of all the injuries. Our entire special teams unit is hurt. Hopkins is out. Our punter, I think, was doubtful. I'm not sure if he was downgraded to out yet. Probably out. That scares me because the Jets are a good defense. And does Flacco's run of 300-yard games come to an end? Probably. I think the Jets have only given up more than 150 passing yards in two of their last six games. I'm a little worried about this one. And I'm taking a happiness hedge. I'm taking Jets plus seven and a half and the money line. Because, you know, I'm already so far down, like, I don't really care how it ends up. I need a happiness hedge for this one. I get it. Hey, hey, guess what? And this is the beauty of it, David. You lose two units, and you get to say, who gives a shit? Best money I ever spent, Browns are back in the playoffs. 100%. But that's kind of my take right now. I, I A lot of things have to go perfectly for the Browns to really win out and, like, you know, end up the one seed and end up, you know, really blowing people out of the water. But... I don't know. This game scares me because it's a it's a short week. Amari Cooper's out. Our special teams units are down and out. And speaking of your special teams, and to you, you asked earlier, you're like, you think he's out. It is confirmed as of 20 minutes ago. Corey Boyorquez, I can never say that right. I hope that was good enough for you. He is out tonight. Yeah, and that means that our practice squad punter is coming up for a game. Like, I'm not saying the punting matters a whole lot, but it can. It can absolutely matter. Uh, 
you know, the lack of first team reps. T- 10 yards, seven different times yeah. in a game, you know? I just, I don't know. That scares me. The special teams unit should not go underrated. That's a, that, those are big losses, especially Hopkins. Like, let's say the, let's say the backup kicker misses a field goal. Is that the, the difference between a winner or a loss? It has been in the past. I think that your Browns are going to get it done. I think they're going to clinch. And again, I say it on their own terms. I love that when a team gets to do it themselves. And in front of the home crowd, I'm rooting for it. I think it's going to happen tonight. And I think you guys are wearing your cool little white-on-white throwbacks, I I believe, again today. Because I saw the Jets in all green. So you know what? I love uniform matchups. You already know that. I'm with you, David. Well, I'm not with you. I'm rooting for you, David. And the Browns win. And here's another thing to make you happy, even if you look back on tonight and you're like, damn it, I called this. The Jets won the game. You need nine other things to go wrong for you to make the playoffs or to miss the playoffs. There is so much out of your control. It'd be so hard. I don't buy it for a minute. I know Browns fans out there doing the whole only in Cleveland shit. No, this year's different. This year's different. Browns are in. On Saturday, the Motor City Kitties are in Dallas. Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. David, I see you have a bet here. Are you rolling with the Motor City Kitties or are you going with Jerry Jones with Big Jer? No, I'm taking the risk and I'm taking Dallas Moneyline as my third three of five this week. You know, we talked about it or I mentioned it earlier. Detroit clinched division. I personally don't think they're going to have that kneecapping motivation that Dallas needs to have coming off a loss, still vying for a division crown. I'm betting on Dallas to win this game. Um, I'm hoping Detroit proves me wrong and they put up a really hard-fought effort. But ultimately, I just Dallas has a lot more to lose, and I think they come out and play way harder. I'm almost torn thinking they don't have as much to lose because it feels like it'd be so improbable for them to win the division at this stage given how easy the Eagles' playoff chances are that I almost feel like they might sleepwalk a little bit. But maybe that's almost me willing it to happen, me hoping for the Motor City Kitties to get that kind of extra, what, enjoy the champagne a little bit longer of the division. But I do think ultimately you are going to be right. The Cowboys will get it done. It's the same Eagles team, though, that let the Giants walk back into the game and that lost to the Seahawks. Very true. I just, like, I'm not, I'm not willing to throw anything, anything out in terms of Eagles-Cowboys unless, the, you know, the team that, w- if one team wins and one team loses, the team that wins this week, going to end up the division winner but taking us into the following game Miami at Baltimore Baltimore's three and a half point favorite total 46 and a half probably the game of the week you know knock on wood I say that one team's going to blow them out by 50 that's how my betting goes but anyways probably the game of the week Wally and I gotta say it's kind of a matchup that intrigues me you've got a lot of speed on the outside which Baltimore usually has not dealt with well. And I say that after knowing they beat the Niners, who also have speed on the outside. But I think Baltimore is going to win this by a lot. And I say that specifically because if you look at the statistics, if you can get pressure on Tua, the Dolphins falter. And the Ravens are going to get pressure on Tua. I think that they probably win by like at least 10 points is my guess. I'm not betting on it because I got a better bet to follow the, up the first three. But if I had to, that would be where I would go with. I'd probably take Baltimore at three and a half point favorites and the money line. 
I agree with you. Unfortunately, Steven doesn't. He has Miami plus three and a half. He does think it's a lot of points, but here's the problem, Steven, is that Miami can't beat good teams. Last week was the first time they've beat like a real team all year, and it was Dallas. And frankly, I think we have very similar questions for Dallas as we do for Miami. We need to see it more consistently. We need to see you do it against the top dogs because both of these teams have been kind of getting steamrolled by them. So I think that Baltimore, knowing they can clinch the one seed effectively here, are going to go to Miami. They're going to play very disciplined football, and they're going to win, and you're going to see the Finns with one week left from officially pissing away the AFC East. Speaking, though, of the AFC East, take me to my final two bets of the week. New England at Buffalo. Buffalo's a 13.5-point favorite. Total set at 40.5. This game is stupid. I have no idea why Buffalo's a 13.5-point favorite. That being said, Vegas always knows more than me. But my two bets this week, Wally, my last two, New England plus 13.5, Buffalo money line. Buffalo's playoff hopes are riding on winning this game at home, but they barely beat the Chargers. And... I expect them to keep this game close with a, a bad but scrappy New England team. Like, I don't... Barely beating the Chargers the isn't a good win for them me. a month ago or two months ago, you know? Yeah, I just, like, I, I, I think the Bills win solely because... It's the same strategy I've had in the other games. Their will to win is higher, but 13.5 is an insane margin. Just an absolutely insane margin. It might be a lot, but I do think the Bills win comfortably here. I don't, I'm not touching this. It's too many points to consider for me. So I hope you get it right, but I do think the Bills are going to be comfortably ahead in this game enough that they get to really scoreboard watch that game we just talked about and figure out whether or not Week 18 matters for the division or if it's just them playing for the wild card spot. I get they struggled on Monday night against the Chargers. I do think they probably overlooked them a little bit. I still have a lot of faith in Buffalo. I feel like I'm I'm going to get myself hurt at some point because I think this is a team that right now, I think that you I'd probably put them to come out of the AFC. And I know that a lot of people wouldn't do that. Give me the Bills. What a difference a month can make. They're one win away after this, I think, from beating Miami. And winning the AFC East is crazy as that is to say. But we will move along now to Chicago, who is hosting Atlanta. And David, I, I'm sure you listened last week as you usually do when you're not on. I finally gave up on Atlanta after being a moron all year and defending them. And go figure, as soon as I give up on them, they switch to Taylor Heineke and they go and get a freaking huge win. I'm... I'm boycotting Atlanta. I refuse to talk about them. I don't care if they win or not. I'm done. I'm abstaining from it. But the Bears defense has been really, really good lately. I'm kind of hoping that they finish the year strong because now that the Raiders are out of the top three quarterback race, could they be looking for Justin Fields or a quarterback like that? I'm kind of pulling for it. But I do have some stats here I want to read to you, and then I'll throw it to you. The Bears defense since week five, six in yards a game, first in run defense, third in first downs allowed per game, first in explosive play percentage, fourth in opponent yards per an attempt, first in yards per completion, and first in interceptions. The Bears defense is kind of legit right now, and it's making that midseason trade 
all the more impressive, and it's making me even a bigger Ryan Poles fan than I already was. What are your thoughts on this game here, David? Don't have a lot to agree with you in a lot of ways. Falcons are a disaster. I don't know what they're going to do this offseason at quarterback, but it should be fun to figure it out. As far as the Bears go, I think that they're going to win a pointless game late. I'm very intrigued after you said it, though, is how good does Justin Fields look in the last two weeks? Because the Bears really want him to look like a rock star so they can go out and get another pick by trading him, right? I mean, like, that's their goal is to make him throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns both games. Or at least not look bad. Like, don't turn it over. Be very... Because we've seen Justin Fields have those, like, 175-yard games where he looks really good, where the offense was very clearly run-oriented for that game. I think it's just about protecting him and giving everybody kind of like a sweet taste in their mouth as you go into the offseason, because someone will trade for him. It's just a matter of how much they get. Last thing on this game, Steven does have Bears minus three, and to your point, David, he also says this is a pointless game, and at this time of year, Chicago loves to win these. You knew he was going to say something like that, especially with his boy Adam Alfonso listening. But we will transition once again to the AFC where the Texans are very much in the mix, not only for the division, but for a wild card spot. They have a very big win or a very big game coming up against the Tennessee Titans, a.k.a. the Houston Oilers. Two weeks ago, the Texans went to Tennessee and won a crazy game in overtime against them. And I believe C.J. Stroud's going to be suiting up. Do you think the Texans win this game and are back in the driver's seat to get a playoff position? Oh, brother. Yeah, I think. Well, is Stroud back? Let's start there. He cleared concussion protocol. He cleared protocol. Then, yeah, I think the Texans win this game. Without Stroud, even though I like Davis Mills as a backup, Stroud as a starter, I'm in. They win this game, no question. But Wally... Your Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis. Colts are three and a half point favorites, total at 43 and a half. Take it away. I am drinking the silver and black Kool-Aid. The Raiders are going to get not only the cover, they're winning this game, David. Dare I say, I'm ready to get heartbroken again. I've been crunching the numbers, and I've decided we're winning out, winning the Super Bowl. Forget everything I said at the start of the show. But but joking aside, joking aside, maybe, maybe the Super Bowl's a year away. But I'd love to keep, or I'd love to see this team keep busting their ass for Antonio Pierce. It's so clear this team loves him and they want to play hard for him. If they can keep doing this, I'm all in on him getting a second season. I know I'm worried about things he says and maybe some core beliefs on how to run a team, like maybe the off-ball linebacker running back being far too important in his eyes. But you got to surround him with other people. So to me, this is just... Keep playing hard. Now the draft picks don't matter. Just go out there. Keep busting your ass. Try to get a couple, you know, maybe wins here. And who knows? Like I said, you go 2-0 these last couple weeks. You got about a 50% chance of sneaking into the playoffs. At least make me have a reason to root for the Raiders in Week 18, guys. Give me the money line. I'm all about it, David. Even though we can't complete passes after the first quarter. But that's fine. That's fine. But assuming that, that you were good with that, David, you've given me the thumbs up. We'll move on. The Rams go to New York, and the Rams have a lot to play for. But Steven is actually going with the Giants plus five and a half. He just feels like it's going to be a messy game, maybe a little harder to win. And at this time of year, playing spoiler, we do know how dangerous that can be. But the Rams need this, 
And the energy, I think, is kind of out of New York right now, especially after Tommy DeVito got hurt and then benched. Good night to our Italian prince, by the way. What do you think? Do you think the Rams get one step closer to the playoffs here, or did the Giants successfully play spoiler? Ooh, I, I'm going Rams here. I think this is a pretty a pretty easy win for them, I think. I don't think this is going to be a spoiler game. I, I Again, sticking with the theme, Rams have more to play for. They're playing for their playoff spot. They got to win this game. I think they do. I completely agree. I've got nothing else on that one. So we'll transition to the 49ers in Washington, which, man, I'm trying to figure out something to be fired up about. The only thing I got is Jacoby Brissett is going to get the start in place of Sam Howell. And I actually really like Jacoby Brissett. I felt like I defended him a lot last year. And I I just don't understand. I, you, I keep pounding my head against the wall, but Ron Rivera... Being able to finish out this season where you're not going to have an idea of Eric Bieniemy as a head coach when he had a shot, you're ruining Sam Howell's confidence, you trade away Chase Young and Sweat, I just don't understand how you can call this anything other than an, a complete failure. In Washington this year, you don't even know what Josh Harris and his ownership group is going to want from the head coaching position. Getting a, a top five pick is quite literally the only thing that went well in Washington this year. 49ers by a billion. I 100% agree it's 49ers by a billion. They're going to come off a, a tough loss, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to play really well. But I, you mentioned something there, right? Trading Sweat and Young, and what did they get cumulatively for both players? A, a second, second and, and a third. third, yes. So you traded two first-round caliber and young might be more of a second round caliber at this point defensive ends for worse draft position than what you could replace them with and you're a team that's rebuilding in like what we've watched with teams that rebuild over the last 20 years is you need trench players and a quarterback I'm like I'm I'm really confused on what Washington is doing because like I, I'm with you. I think that you should have fired Rivera probably six weeks ago and and see what you have with the rest of your team. But like we can go back to when at to the trade deadline and say what the fuck were you doing the whole time? It confuses the hell out of me. I mean, even if, if you want to trade young and, and because you gotta pay him and you don't want to, great. I understand that. But like sweat is still a, a Look at what the Bears are doing right now. Right. Like, it's just, he's 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 got 13 sacks on the year or something like that. Half of them with Washington, half of them with the Bears. I just don't, like, to give up that talent that's right now great and has been great consistently, I don't understand. You, I, I get the Chase Young thing. You don't want to pay Chase Young, sure, trade him for, you know, the second rounder or whatever they got for him. I get it. But... To trade both of them, it's just the whole season has been a what the fuck are you doing the entire time. The entire time. It's actually a a fitting transition to go from Washington, who has made some very, very uh, questionable trades, to go to Carolina, who now has no first-round pick next year or the year after, if I'm not mistaken, because of that trade with Chicago to go get Bryce Young. And the Panthers this year have four games they've reached 20 points. Last week was without a doubt the best offensive performance from Bryce Young. Cracked over 300 yards. They still lost. 
I, we're talking about disaster seasons. I don't know what else you could call this Carolina. They go to Jacksonville, who are six-point favorites, who desperately need a win in their own right. I want to think the Jaguars get back on track and look good and win by a couple scores. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Panthers are turning it around. 30 points last week. What do you think, David? Do you think the offense keeps getting better, can hang around with the Jags, or where, where are we going? No, man, I'm... I think Jacksonville wins this game, but both like Jacksonville's also not in the place that they should be. And I want to call them a fraud, but they're, I'm going to continue my theme. They've got something to play for because they're dangerously close to, to giving up their division. They have something to play for. They need to win the game. It's against the worst team in the NFL. They're going to win. But as far as the Panthers go, man, I'm, I'm not a believer. I don't think they've turned around. I think they are more likely to be the, Oakland Raiders or the Cleveland Browns of the last 20 years than going forward for the next 20 years than they are to have turned it around and be a solid team next year, let alone the rest of this year. They're just, there's so much disorganization. Literally from top to bottom. So much, Quite literally at, at the ownership down. Right, and in, in 99.999% of the time, if ownership is is even close to the fucking decision-making power, that team's most likely hot garbage. So I just, I, I really have a hard time saying Carolina's going to turn anything around because I just think after after having seen it live for the last 20 years, I can tell you they look more like the 2010 Browns or whatever whatever team had some hope but just was not good, then they do a team that's going to come out next year and, and win some games. Dylan Watts, you, you hear David and I talking about it, but we have like a support group for terrible franchises. And I think that we're close to just extending a permanent invitation to you guys. The Panthers, 20 years? I'm with you, David. They might be the Raiders. They might be the Browns. They might be the Lions. They might be one of us. I'm sorry, but David Tepper, that we saw with what ownership can do in football, and I feel like it's so often overlooked as something that's inconsequential. It matters, and David Tepper is riding that team into the ground. Yeah, you just and and this is the last thing I say. I prom, I'll say I'll promise, but you really just you want ownership to be one a checkbook, and two to just make the right hiring decisions. And that's it. Like, stay far away from it. Just make hire people you trust and let them run the organization. Let's play a game. Well, okay. I'm all for games. Who is the Seahawks owner, David? No idea. Exactly. All right. How mm -hmm. about uh, let's do another good organization that you see consistently doing well? The Pittsburgh Steelers. You probably have an idea because you're around here. I know because I'm around here. It's what, the Roonies or something yes. like that? All right, how about how about the mm -hmm. even? Let's go. Uh, let's go with the Eagles. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie, like they. This is my point. Never when heard of we him. Know, Never heard of him. <laughs> like when we know the owner, that's a problem. You need to be a faceless checkbook. To your point, David, I couldn't agree with your point anymore. Speaking of the Eagles, though, and and what's his name? David Lurie, is that right? Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie. See, I I can't even remember his name. Two minutes after it's mentioned. Uh, so Jeffrey Lurie's Eagles are ten and a half point favorites 
at home against Arizona. Total set at 48 points. I got nothing on this game. I got to be honest. I, I I don't trust the Eagles as far as I could block Jason Kelsey. I like I just I have no interest in this game. I think it's the most I think it's one of if not the most forgettable game of the week. I don't know, I'm not interested. No, it, it's a lot like the San Francisco Washington game to me where I just don't see it being much of a contest. The Eagles do smell fraudulent. You and I have kind of been towing the line of calling them frauds for a month now. And it's not, like and that's where I struggle because they are to me the second or third best team in the NFC. I think they're a very good football team, but the expectations that we have built up for them, I don't think are going to be matched. I don't think they can come close to matching them. They're just lucky the Cardinals and Giants are the only teams standing in the way of them in the NFC East. But for the Cardinals, the only thing I'd say, Kyler Murray, since he came back, they're two and four with him. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, maybe Kyler, I don't see it. I'll say it on record. I I still don't see it. I'm the biggest Kyler Murray, what, anti-believer out there. He seems like a nice enough guy. It's nothing personal. I just don't think he's the guy I would want leading my franchise as a franchise quarterback. Like if the Raiders were in the market, David, I'd, I'd rather go to the draft than be like, let's be a middling team with Kyler Murray. That's a hot take, considering you just and I mean advocated it with my whole for heart. Justin Fields. Because you can give up a lot less for Justin Fields than Kyler Murray. That's fair. You can't afford Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, anyways, unless you trade Jimmy G. I think, right? That's a great point too. Is Justin Fields? You kind of at least get to cater his contract. You're just taking it on the chin with Kyler Murray, right? But let's go to our last one o'clock slate game of the week. And you mentioned game of the week earlier. This one's ugly, but it matters the most, I feel like. And that's because the Saints are going to Tampa, and Baker Mayfield is a a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. And this game means a shit ton for the NFC South. I went selfish, and I bet against the Saints last week. It was kind of a happiness hedge, not only because I love Derek Carr, and I'm going to defend him until I die, but that league, that dynasty league with me and Steven in it, David, I have the walking wounded going into the championship against one of our listeners, Alex Pessel. We were the twin tanks last year, and we are in the championship. I have to start Derek Carr at my quarterback position. That is where we're at right now. It is tough, and I'm selfishly willing it to happen by picking and betting my money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus two and a half. Selfish, purely that. Otherwise, I think it's a crapshoot game. What do you think? Oh, I'm with you entirely. But I, I actually, you know what, 100% with you, but not because it's a happiness hedge. I'm not actually officially betting on it, but I would take Tampa Bay as the favorite. And it's because Baker's been playing so well as of late that I think I, I roll with Tampa here. Get back on the Baker ship, you and I. We're, we're, we're riding with it, baby. Basically a Viking ship at this point, I guess Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you get what I'm saying. But we want to remind you guys that this week's Week 17 Preview and Picks are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially if you're around our age where there's college graduations, engagements, weddings, baby pictures, wild card clinching wins on Thursday night. Anything. You name it. Feels like they're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. 
That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram page at Sapphire. Again, that is abbyturnerphoto.com. The Pittsburgh Steelers go west to face the Seahawks in a game that matters to both teams. The Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Steven is rolling with Pittsburgh Moneyline. He says he got a Spotify rap-type deal on FanDuel, and it said that the most bet team for him last year was the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he's going to cap it off with them. I think he's out of his depth to bet on them, especially coming off of a win. The only thing in this game that I know for sure is that I have officially crossed the 1,000-yard threshold with the George Pickens predictor, which means we have to keep our eye now on the receptions I think we need somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 or 13 in the last two weeks to get David the dunce cap. Otherwise, we break even and nobody's happy. I thought it was like 16. I think that it was 68. Oh, I think he's at like 55, 56 catches. But next week when we record on Thursday, it's going to be close. And next week on Thursday, I'll give you the official numbers again. I'll go back and find that podcast. I think it was 68. But you and I mentioned 72 being a number as well. I definitely think it was one of those two numbers. If it's 72, I think you're safe. But 68, there's at least an outside shot that maybe, just maybe, we can get David Clavin in a dunce cap to start 2024. And that just makes That's me That's not so a happy, good win David. for you, though. That's not a good win for you, though. Mr. 1,300 yards and a million touchdowns and 100-plus receptions. hey. hey. That's... He's over a thousand with two weeks left. I'm just oh, saying he's be... gonna be in the neighborhood. And I three he weeks won, ago I said it was gonna get a bet. Oh my god, it's not a good he win. He won the yards bet before Christmas. That's all I know. I'm in pain. That's all I know. I'm in pain. Yes, you are, buddy. Pure pain. Any money? Any I am a pain, but that's what I do, baby. Anything else for you on this game, or are you just kind of enjoying and hoping the Seahawks win? No, I'm hoping the Seahawks win because fuck Pittsburgh and fuck Mike Tomlin. But, you know, take us to another division opponent that I don't like and hope loses. Cincinnati at Kansas City. Kansas City is a seven-point favorite. No idea how we got to that mark either, given how both teams have been playing as of late. Total set at 43.5. I don't care. Again, I I hope the Chiefs win. I think they do win coming off of a bad loss. But I just, I don't care. It's just one of those games I just don't care about, you know? Well, if they win, they clinch to the division, which is crazy that the Kansas City Chiefs will have to wait until, will that be New Year's? That'll be New Year's Eve, won't it? But just a day shy of 2024 before they can clinch. It took all I had not to take the Bengals' money line this game selfishly again to hope the Raiders have life going into Week 18. I couldn't quite do it. I do think that the Bengals cover the touchdown. But I have a question for you, David, because I know for a fact I have missed on the Bengals. It feels like every single turn this year. Do you have a team this year that you just feel like every chance you've had to pick the game, you've gone wrong or you've had a bad beat on? Because this Bengals team, every time I pick against them, they're winning big games. Every time I pick them to beat a nobody, they fall on their face. I feel almost guilty taking them plus seven because I need them to win this game. Do you have any teams like that this year? Uh, like half the NFL. It's Fair enough. In all of the second half of the season. <laughs> I, but I, my betting, like it, it has nothing to do with betting. I feel like every time, like it has nothing to do with one specific team. I feel like every time I confidently 
feel like something's going to happen, the exact opposite happens. Like, anytime I can confidently say something on this podcast, the exact opposite happens. It feels like, since about, like, week nine, it's felt like that. So, you know, who am I to say that the Cincinnati Bengals are the opposite train of everything I say? I wish that I still had bets to make because I'm watching your Cleveland Browns right now walk through the tunnel getting ready to take the field. And first of all, in their all-white uniforms, you have Greg Newsom walking with a boombox without a mic on or without a helmet on. And the guys are all kind of just like confidently bouncing on their walk-in. This is a Browns by a billion game. They, there is no way they lose this game. They clinch tonight. There is no way you guys lose. I'm giving you a chance. Do you want to walk back and bet on your Browns? I'm giving you the chance. Fuck no. I'm 12 units down on the year, even though I have a winning record. I'm taking the happiness hedge all day long, every day. Fair enough. And you know what? I should be smarter. Instead, I keep falling short, and I'm betting on my teams this week. And the only thing I can say about this next matchup is, Boy, does it feel good, because I know you get it, too, is how dysfunctional of a franchise our two teams have to not be at the front and center of the laughing of the NFL world. The Chargers are playing the Broncos, and what a disaster both of these franchises are at this moment. Boy, man, I love this so much. What, Russell Wilson gets benched for Jarrett Stidham. It sounds like they were trying to force him to not, or to waive his injury guarantees, and instead, they said, you know what? We're, we're cutting you in March. We're going to eat near $100 million in dead cap. David, I am just drinking the tears out of the Mile Buddy, High City. The, what, what the fuck is going on in Denver? Like, let's, there's so much to take in here. I don't care that Wilson's being benched. I think it's a dumb decision. You're not going to win games without Wilson. Like, he, he's not good by any means anymore, but he is absolutely helping the late season surge that the Broncos have had. But how do I want to say this? What the fuck is with the NFL ownership group, man? You agreed to this contract a year and a half ago. I think a year and a half ago? A year and a half ago. And maybe a little more. Maybe two years ago. And you're going to renege. And then when you realize that you have absolutely no room to stand, like no leg to stand on, you're going to say, hey, if you don't waive your right to $40 million that we agreed to just a hop, skip, and a jump ago, we're just going to make your life a living hell? What is that? Like, that, that, is, that is how you create a holdout at the next CBA agreement, is doing stupid shit like that. And I get, like... You can sell well, me. Why do you want to go play for Denver too after this? If I'm right. a player, and you can, why the hell would I go there? Right, and I agree. But like, you can sell me. Like, if ownership decided to cut their losses with Wilson without any of this, I'm in. I'm like, I get it. I'm in. He wasn't the guy you thought you were signing. I get it. You're gonna you're gonna eat the hundred million or whatever you own. But for this to come out to say that you basically tried to like blackmail Russell Wilson into not taking a $40 million guarantee is just ludicrous. I, I just, I, this looks so bad for the Broncos. And then it looks even worse because you have uh, uh, Sean Payton coming out in, in coming out to the media and saying, well, you know, I can't cut my five receivers and five linemen. So we're just going to bench Russell Wilson. It's like, 
So not only are you trying to say that Russell Wilson's bad, you're saying your entire offense, top to bottom, needs to be replaced. Like, buddy, you are, you, you know, I think Sean Payton's a good coach, but, like, you are so lost in the sauce for saying something like that to the media. I wouldn't want to play for the Broncos if I was on the team. I wouldn't want to play for the Broncos anymore. No, you see plenty of times hell of a coaches or very good coaches aren't necessarily the best people. And I feel like you kind of get that feeling from Sean Payton. I wouldn't want to play for them either. I feel like they've kind of married themselves to the devil a little bit here. And this is what you get when Sean Payton runs a team. He's going to have the Sean Payton way about it. And guess what? I mean, this is permanent. You got him until pretty much he's done and he's tired of it. A lot of money wrapped up there. The Sunday night football game, and we have no Monday night football game for the rest of the season, or at least until the wild card round, which means this is our last game of the week. Stevens Green Bay Packers are going to Minneapolis, who are one and a half point favorites. I'm betting Green Bay money line. Jaron Hall gets another crack. I just don't think that he's going to be enough to get it done here. Packers keep their playoff hopes alive. The thing I'm monitoring, David, is who is from Minneapolis on Green Bay's team? Because I'm looking forward to our surprise captain. God, there's so much to respond to in that. Didn't Jair get suspended for this game because of that? Yes. Detrimental conduct to the team. Yeah, I got to be honest, man. He's a dumbass one. But like, also, was it was it worth suspending him? Probably not. Like, I get why. Did you hear what happened, though? Uh, like, the actual, like, he went out onto the field for people at home, just in case you aren't aware. He goes out to midfield when he's not allowed. There are three captains. He goes out as a fourth, calls the coin toss, luckily gets it right. But because there's a vernacular you have to say to the referees, he wins the toss and says, we want to play defense. He didn't defer. If the refs were not, I guess you could say if they weren't being extra lenient, if they followed the rules, they should have had to kick off to start both halves because he was an idiot and didn't defer. So I guess that was the the reason that they were disgusted and basically saying, go to hell, dude. Like you're, you're not bigger than the team, even though you might think you are. I'm with the punishment, but also... If you would have told me three weeks ago he was a captain, I would have not batted an eye. And I think it's more telling that he's not a leader on the team despite being a top five corner in the NFL. I don't know. Just saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, listening to that press conference. Yeah, that was bad. It was wild. Was I thought, bad. I'm like, dude, is he hammered? You know, the boys were behind me. I just, you know, it, it's, it, 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 was, it was fine. It's like, what? I thought it was suitable because I'm from Charlotte. Oh, cool. I guess I'm just going to be a captain every time the Raiders come to Pittsburgh because I'm from here and I'm, I want to do that. But yeah, anyways, Packers, I think get it done, David, which will wrap us up and bring us to the end of another episode of Lost It Down. Make sure that you like and comment and subscribe to us on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Lost It Down and retweet us on X, a.k.a. Twitter, at down underscore loss. Remember that this episode was brought to you by Abby Turner Creative. And we are a member of the Bruce Cruise Podcast Network, brought to you by Snapmere Productions. David, happy new year, buddy. Happy holidays. Roll tide. And good luck to your Longhorns. Otherwise, anything going on for you? Uh, obviously, hopefully celebrating the Browns 
wild card clinch here in a few hours. But what's going on with you this week, buddy? I got nothing planned, man. Um, I, it's I'm riding my happiness rides out on the Browns tonight, as always. R.I.P. It's gonna happen, dude. I feel it. I feel it in my plums. <laughs> oh, that's why the opposite is going to happen. Yeah, it's true. Maybe I should get those checked out. <laughs> but go Browns. I hope you guys, uh, what, all you Browns fans get to celebrate a, a, a playoff berth. I hope that I get to win my league. I love you, Alex. I hope you lose. Steven, we hope to see you next week. And otherwise, guys, we will see you next Thursday. Go Browns.